Melanated family. So we back. Thank everybody for tuning in to a brand new episode of the Melanated Combo Podcast. This is your brother Harrison, the Tuesday edition of the show. You feel me? And today on the show with me. So what I'm beginning to do, right? So I, I create relationships with people in my community that I think bring value to different topics. And, you know, some of these guests will begin revisiting and coming back because the first time was just so goddamn fire. You feel me? So today on today's episode, I got my brother, Justin Edwards, who's a real estate agent here in Sacramento, where I'm from. If you're listening to the show in a different part of the country, he would still be able to help you. He has resources. He, he, he knows people. He'll still be able to help you out. But the point is black home ownership is a interesting topic. It's something that we need to discuss the, the amount of wealth, that's been siphoned from our community, the amount of us that own homes, the amount of us that don't even consider it a possibility. You know, in America, as Justin knows, home ownership is one of the biggest signs of wealth in this country, right? So today, on the show with me, I got my brother Justin Edwards, who has his own LLC, which is Just um, Just Win Realty. So everybody do me a favor and welcome my brother, Justin Edwards. How you doing, Justin? I'm doing great, brother. I appreciate you giving me an opportunity to speak, excuse me, speak on your platform. So thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah, yeah. And I remember last time you told me, you know, which happened sometimes, and it's probably the most gratifying piece of what I do, that somebody listens and acts after listening. Yeah. Because that's what all this shit is about at the end of the day. We all going through different things in our life. We're at different stages in our life. And this new trend or um, media frenzy we're in where there's a lot of podcasts and people talking. Of course, it gets loud at times. But if you peep and you seek certain things, you can find a lot of game in these conversations. So that's what it's for. Justin. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy you back with me today, bro. Oh, no. Thank you again. Yeah. What you bring to the table, to the audience, to, you know, these different media platforms is a good thing. Like you said, um, there's information that's very valuable within them. And for those who decide to take heed and actually turn that knowledge into power by utilizing it, then, you know, that's that's what it's all about. Yep. Because all we can do is lead you to the water. You know what I mean? You the drinking part is completely on you. So. Last time, oh, oh, please hit the like button. I'll be forgetting to do this shit. Hit the like button, subscribe. <laughs> the people who listen on the audio platforms, the, those of you who can't see me, I got to continue to give y'all shout outs because the numbers is going up. Y'all create conversations on the audio space of things. I appreciate you. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere people talk in the podcast form. You can find your boy, excuse me. So just look up the Melanated Convo podcast and you can find us. So, Justin, last time we talked about how you got into real estate, the importance of real estate to our community. We just kind of did an overview of who you are and your take on things. But the next episodes that Justin joins us, we're going to be getting specific, right? So today we're going to talk about after the home buying process. A couple of other things, too, but. Biggest thing, Justin, is after the home buying process. So first, talk to me about the nature of the typical buyer. Like, is everybody looking to, um, does everybody mind be on, I'm, this, is, this, is in, this is investment for my family. I'm going to do a business. I'm going to do something after this. How do most people you sell a house to, how do they kind of, you know, how do they kind of see the the process of them owning the home? Yeah, so everybody's going to be different and there's kind of different, you know, sections that each individual may fall in. Um, at the end of the day, when you purchase a home, it is an investment because it is an asset that will appreciate over time. It doesn't really matter what you do or don't do the value of real estate has been going up ever since we've been keeping track of it. Now, of course, the more you put into it, the better area you buy, or even if you buy in an up and coming area, over time it's going to appreciate. So it's an asset and you are investing, but some people may just purchase the home because they're tired of renting. 
they're not looking at it as a vehicle to earn wealth or maintain wealth or grow wealth. And that's that's one group of people is, hey, I have to live somewhere. I'm tired of renting. I'm tired of the rent going up. I'd rather have a little bit of control of what's going on in the house that I live in. So I want to purchase. So that's someone who's just there because, hey, I'm, I have to pay this rent or some form of payment to live in a space. So I'd rather it be my own. Hmm. Then there's people that are in it for. You know, like I said, it's an investment regardless, but some people are looking at it as an investment. Literally, I'm purchasing this as a rental or I'm going to use this as an Airbnb or I'm going to use this to grow my portfolio so that I can um, grow, get money out of it. Or I'm going to use this to buy this house, flip it, buy another one and continue. Um, so there's, you know, quote unquote investors that are, you know, buying real estate so that they can earn money, make money, appreciate and in a short amount of time or hold on, buy and hold. And they're looking to grow their portfolio and they may utilize multiple homes and sell those. They may want to get into commercial and buy something bigger or they may just hold on to them and you know let them all appreciate, get the depreciation, <clears throat> use that. Like some people, for instance, whenever you sell things in America, you have to pay taxes. But some people do do a 1031 exchange, which is basically for going, having to pay taxes, capital gain taxes, and using that money to put into another property. And then Wait, say that again, Justin. That that part is important. Say the name of that thing again you just said. The 1031 exchange? Yes, 1031. So the 1031 exchange is basically a way for you to purchase, or excuse me, sell real estate. And on the sale of that transaction, you're going to earn money. So because you're going to earn money, the government is going to tax you capital gains taxes. Mm -hmm. So and to avoid having to pay those taxes, if you take that money and you reinvest it into another um, real estate transaction, then you will have you won't have to pay those taxes. Mm -hmm. So that's what a savvy investor would do so that they can continuously make money, be able to keep it, hold it within that asset and continue to grow their money. Um, as the home appreciates, um, add to it, you know, things of that Got nature. Got it. Makes sense. The mentality of the home buyer. You're, it because I'm I, I I figured that I just like like the way you put shit is easily digestible. So everybody's in it for something different. You're right. Yeah. So, well, well, ask me this. I'm sure that there's some people who say I'm just tired of renting. That was right. the initial reason, right? right. Right. You get into the house, it's three, four, five years. You get to looking at your statements. You see, wait a minute, equity didn't went up. College is coming, or I got a business idea. So I'm sure some people get in it just to stop written, but soon realize I may have some capital to do other things. Yeah, that that happens, and especially within the last couple of years, um, I have people like, well, I help them buy a house in 2020, and then like by 2022, they got hundred thousand dollars in equity they're like well what could i do but mm -hmm. you know it all depends on the market that you're currently in because you may have that equity but if the market has went up then all you're really going to be able to do is take that money to buy another house because of course once you sell your home you now you don't have a place to live so either you're going to become a renter or if you are going to buy another home you're going to be using pretty much all of that equity to purchase your next property. Hmm. So it depends on when you bought it, how much equity you have. Now, if you bought your home in 2012 and, you know, now you're ready to sell it, you have a lot of equity. Yeah. Well, most people, they probably refinance, which is something that um, we could talk about. But refinancing is basically restructuring your loan and using a better rate, a better interest rate. Um, so that your payments go down, you know, and it's a better situation for you um, because monthly you have to pay less. So, you know, it essentially is saving you money year over year. But so, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So let me ask you this. So if somebody is like a regular person with a job that they're not thinking investment per se, they just know, you know, buying a home can accumulate wealth for a family. What are some things they should be thinking? Like when you approach the home buying process from the mentality that I want to make sure I maximize this transaction so I can have a lot of money later or be able to do something later. What, what should you be thinking 
or how should you approach it if you want to make sure you're getting a property that's going to appreciate later or put you in a position where you can use the funds later you know what i mean yeah so one thing is you're going to want to upkeep your home so you know when you purchase that property um, you're more than likely going to get a home and a pest inspection and they're going to tell you everything that's wrong with that property so coming into it you know what's wrong with it but then sometimes things happen and sometimes things are fine during the inspection but a month down the line a year down the line three four years down the line something comes up so the main one the one of the main things you're going to want to do is continue to upkeep your home this means when you know something is wrong with it don't wait for it to become a catastrophe before you address it yeah. um, if you don't have the funds for it then you know start saving up the funds create relationships with professionals in all areas that your home has electrical hmm. heating and air plumbing contractors and painters all of that is going to matter because these are going to be the different things that probably will go wrong or these are going to be the professionals that you need to work with so that when you do need to upgrade your old bathroom so that you can add equity and put sweat equity into it. Now you have a plumber, a contractor that can, um, you know, flip your bathroom for you or, you know, whatever. So for one, the first thing you're going to do is upkeep your home. The second thing you're going to want to do is maintain your financial stability. In order for you to get a home loan, you had to have a certain financial profile. You had to have a, a good source of income. You had to have a certain credit score. So if you can continue to maintain that, if there is an opportunity within a home, within a housing market, or if you want to refinance, or if you want to do a HELOC, then you're going to still need a good profile in order to take advantage of those opportunities. So you want to make sure your home is in good condition and keep it in good condition. And then you also want to make sure your financial portfolio and profile still is looking good so that you can take advantage of any opportunities that come with you owning a home. Yeah. So that makes sense. Sweat equity that that stands out to me because I'm sure like we did, you know, we, uh, there's a lot of people who buy a house and you're going through the process and you're familiarizing yourself with it. But if you don't know people who own the home and your family or something, you may not realize that shit, everything that happens in the home now, that, that shit's up to you. Yeah. Like, you got to fix it and you make it a good point. I've heard people say shit. I love my home and I'm and I'm happy I made the decision. But damn, I miss my apartment because they <laughs> fix everything for me. You know yeah. what I mean? But and you made a good point making relationship with profession that's what i'm learning electricians people who do carpet having a relationship with someone like this not only may give you like special benefits at times but you need that relationship because you may have to call on them at a blink of an eye you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah for sure so that's what i work i'm working on now is putting out um you know a kind of like a pdf for all things related to a home It'll have multiple contractors, electricians, HVAC, plumbers. So I'll I'll get it to anybody that needs it so that whenever something does happen or just so you can have it because something will happen. Um, so, yeah, that's that's big to have that for sure. Yeah. And, and also, um, sorry to cut you off, but no, 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 go ahead. a way to save money is, you know, a lot of this stuff seems like it's harder than what it is. And if you utilize YouTube, you could do a lot of stuff like I've changed the garbage disposal. I put a dishwasher in. I did some plumbing before. And it's just really, you know, you it, it'll save you money. It may take a little extra time and you may have to go through a little trial and error. But more than likely, it'll be cheaper. And then you'll have that skill set so that you can, you know, do it again if you need to. So that's something that you could think. That's of. that that's that makes that's golden right there bro because my partner art like all of us live in homes that are owned you know what i mean all my uh, all my homeboys thankfully most of us and my homeboy art this this dude put he didn't did a whole bathroom on his own so, <laughs> yeah. because really like on some real shit you you when you hire a contractor of some sorts this is a man it's just a man that has a skill set right. like you said a lot of this shit you could go to youtube you can it's trial and error it may yeah. take a while you see yeah. what I'm saying? Some of us don't we want to do all that, but yeah. a lot of that stuff you could do yourself. And then you realize when you go get a part, which I've seen in myself, I'll go get a part that I think is so difficult to put on 
or so difficult to install. And I'm like, damn, that was it. That that took five minutes and the part was $17. So that may happen sometimes. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, for sure. But then sometimes you may do everything and then you may look like, oh, let me call the professional. And in my situation, it was like, yeah, there was something in the line that was like way far down. There's really nothing you could do about it. You had mm -hmm. to have this certain tool to do it. So it's like, yeah, cool. Definitely, definitely. Now, so when we look at options after buying a house, talk to me about some of the programs. Talk to me about some of the ways a person, let's say, Justin, somebody got a house now, and we may have touched on this a little bit, but I want you to cover it again, that has a house now. They look at everything. Maybe they don't have a whole bunch of equity now, but it's been two years, three years, and they realize, wait a minute, I got this business idea that I'm passionate about. Wait a minute, my daughter, 15 now, and she about to go to college. I'm I'm realizing I can kind of use this house maybe to help her out. Like, what what are some things they can do to put themselves in a position to do that? So, if they do have equity, they could you know get a HELOC, um, and that's a home equity line of credit. And that is basically a situation to where you will want to reach out to different lenders. So me, myself, I'm a real estate agent. I don't deal with any of the finances, but I have to be somewhat familiar with some of these different things so that I could be more of an asset to someone. And then I can just kind of point them in the right direction for more detailed information. But, but the basic idea of it is basically you're lending against your house. You're borrowing against your house in order to use those funds to put them somewhere else. So for instance, if we're talking about equity, for those of us who don't know what equity is, is basically, let's say your home is $500,000, right? <clears throat> and you put a certain amount down, some time has went by and the market goes up and let's say now your home is worth $600,000. So now essentially you have $100,000 of equity the value of what your home is versus what it'll, <clears throat> excuse me, what you owe on it versus what it's worth now. So that extra hundred thousand dollars, that's the equity that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. So let's say that you decided you wanted to get a home equity line of credit. You reach out to various lenders, see who has the best program, the best rates for you. And then you will be able to, essentially it's like a credit card. Mm -hmm. They won't give you the whole hundred thousand. They'll typically do like 75 to 90% of the LTV, the loan to value um, of that. And then you can utilize that um, to, you know, put that into one of your businesses and things of that nature. But there's a lot of things that come with it that you're going to want to familiarize yourself with. And like I said, a good lender will keep you up on game on what's going on. And also would also say you will want to reach out to multiple lenders just so that you can get the best situation. A trick is, once one person gives you one set of information, use that information, go to this, a different lender and be like, mm -hmm. hey, this is what they said they could do for me. Typically, they'll point out everything that like, oh, well, they got you here or and I can do this for you. So it's mm -hmm. a way for you to put yourself in a better position and also be more familiar with some of the tricks that they may play so that yeah. you're not getting worked on it because it is a loan on your home. So your asset is the collateral. It's less strenuous than getting a home loan because it's not a government backed entity that's, you know, saying yes or no. Mm -hmm. But you still have to be smart. Don't do it if you don't have a real plan and don't gamble on your home because that it can get taken away from you. You don't. Yeah. Because huh. I've seen people who have refinanced Justin and they just wanted the money. Like, because mm -hmm. like, what you just said rung a bell, like no plan. I've seen people, they mean well, but they was like, you know what? I see what I, I, I see the amount of money. My house is raised in equity. Shit. I just want a new car. I just want to yeah. put some money in and make and go to Vegas, but not realizing now your payments higher. <laughs> yeah. now, you, now you deeper in, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's a good thing. So like you said, refinancing is another thing. Um, if the interest rates, or lower at a certain time because interest rates, they fluctuate. It's not just interest rates for 5% and they're going to stay that forever. Based on the economy that we're in, you know, the interest rates are going to go up or down. And if you have an interest rate that is higher than what the current market is and your, um, your income profile and credit and all that's good, then you can take advantage of that. But again, like you mentioned, that's a whole nother loan essentially. 
and you may be able to get that money, but you're also going to have interest and you're also going to have to pay that back. So mm-hmm. it's not going to be something that you just want to do it and have fun with it. You have to have an organized, structured plan that's going to also bring you more money because mm-hmm. essentially you're going to have to pay back that money. So you don't want to just. Yeah, no, no, completely. And everybody, if you're just joining us, I'm with my brother, Justin Edwards. He's a real estate agent. We're talking about real estate in the black community specifically, different things you can do after buying your home to maximize your opportunity, like to maximize your home. Because what, uh, uh, one thing I want to talk about now is in this country, the housing disparity like between black and white families, that's something we always have to address, Justin, because since the 60s, like the the home disparity in the 60s is pretty much worse now. You know what I mean? Looking at the median yeah, income for black families is like 45,000, something like that. Medium income for, for white families is almost 75,000. So racism, white supremacy, the system that we live in has created some of these disparities, but as a people, we need to do the best we can to get an understanding of how it works and maneuver around it. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, racism has, you know, it's historically documented that redlining and things of that nature have been done against people of color. So it's not a situation where someone's being emotional or, you know, making an excuse. But also in the times that we live in, you have access to more information than you ever had before. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it may be a little bit harder to get a job, but we're in a different position to where we can get certain types of jobs um, and, you know, be making that income. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing that we have to do, like you mentioned, is change our mindset mm-hmm. instead of being stuck in a space of knowing that the the system is against us. We have to determine how we're going to maneuver within the system to benefit ourselves. Um, So you have to, you know, first want to own a home. And if that hasn't been something that has been preached or you didn't grow up like that, then it may not even be a thought. And, you know, home ownership is definitely has a relationship with wealth in this country. Mm -hmm. Um, They're not making any more land. They're just going to, you know, divide it up certain ways and you have to get your piece of the pie. So that you can be a part of certain things. For instance, when um, Donald Trump was in office and we were going through the whole Corona situation, homeowners didn't have to pay their mortgage and they could put all of that, the money that they owed on the back. So the back of their loan. So Mm -hmm. that's just one little instance where if you would have owned your home, you could have been making, let's say, twenty four thousand dollars more than a person that was a renter if you're mortgage was $2,000 because every single month you didn't have to pay it. So you have to position yourself so that you can take advantage of opportunities when they do come. Mm -hmm. And the first thing of doing anything that is any type of challenge or that is rewarding is the mindset. You have to want to be a homeowner. You Mm -hmm. can't just say, I'm just going to rent. I'm, I'm work. I work, I work with a lot of African-American people. You know, most people when, when you become a real estate agent, they tell you, you got to go after your sphere of influence. Most people's sphere of influence is from the culture and the community in which they come from. Me being a black man, most of the people that I know are going to be black people. So I'm working with a lot of black people and not to say that I won't work with anyone else. I, trust me, I will. But I see a different mindset. You know, sometimes our people, they want to come in and they want they don't want to put any money down. It's like you want a house, but you don't want to do any. You don't want to sacrifice what it takes in order for you to get that reward. Um, They may come in and and we may think like, hey, I'm buying a house. And they may think that their first house is going to be their dream house. And it's not. If you have a dream house money, it's not going to be your dream house. Hmm. So that is one of the things is being willing to do what you need to do to put yourself in a position to take advantage of owning a home. Mm-hmm. And then also being realistic and making certain sacrifices that you need to to accomplish that goal. Mm-hmm. And when I mentioned, because Justin, on a lot of the shows that I do, I just um, I just love understanding our history. And for me and what I with the, the reason for it, because people message me all the time, like, 
Quit talking about racism. You're making it worse by talking about all this stupid shit. <laughs> it's almost like a roadblock. If you're driving across country and it's hella roadblocks or weather uh, problems that you may face, you may want to find out what's up ahead. You see what I'm saying? And also, sometimes I know black folks who may look at the outside world. I'm speaking specifically about black folks that grew up in hood environments in inner city communities. They were only familiar with the four or five blocks that they frequented every day. They don't even look at the outside world as a possibility, Justin. And sometimes we're talking home ownership, bro. Sometimes this shit be as simple as how you interact with the American populace. Do you go to games? Do you go to Disneyland? Do you go to some people in our neighborhoods? They don't they haven't even put themselves in a position mentally where they see they are a part of the American society. We feel shut out sometimes. So we feel like that's not for me. That's for white folks, black people. Y'all need to get off that shit, man. I tell you about your history because we were an intricate part of actually building this country. That's not just some shit I be saying, like the structures in the buildings. We've been here. We've been here helping, see? So to find out that there's been redlining and all these disparities, that's not an excuse you can use to be unsuccessful or not progress, but it's the roadblocks. Know yeah. the roadblocks. So if it comes to you, because that'd be the big thing I'll be thinking, Justin, if it comes to you, if you find yourself in a situation where you're faced with something like this, you don't internalize it. You say, okay, this that shit they be on. I read about this. I knew about this. Ah, let me move that way. You know what I mean? Yeah, so just speaking of that, like, for instance, there's been, I don't know if it was a couple of years ago, but there was a situation where a black family got a home appraised and it appraised less when they were in a home versus when they had their white family in the home. Yep. So, or, um, or white friend or whatever. So knowing that, you know, we could be mad and be like, man, this ain't cool. And it's not, but don't, you have to move. What's going to get your goal accomplished? If you're trying to sell a home and we, we tell anybody this, whenever you're selling a home, you want to make the home neutral. You told me you that want the home. Yeah. So you have to do what you have to do because you have to understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. Your goal is to get the best value, the most money out of this property. Yeah, it is your home, but it's not about to be your home after you sell it. So you have to put it in a space so that someone else can see themselves in a home and so that you don't get less of a of the money that you should get because you are the person that owns that home. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, definitely. We got to understand the roadblocks. We got to know them. Um, but we can't have the biggest roadblock be in our own minds in because we're being mind. ignorant or scared or feel like we can't do it. Damn right. And we need to continue to condition ourselves to get out of survival mode. I've been yeah. there too, where all, if all you thinking about is what's for dinner tonight, <laughs> you got to change your mentality family, especially if you got kids 10, 20 years down the road, start seeing yourself alive. We know how it be. A lot of young dudes in the hood be dead. Tell you, I didn't think I was live. I, I didn't think I was going to live past 21. So it's like all these, <laughs> all these other, uh, all these other years, it's just extra damn there. I'm going to do, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. So yeah, when it comes to yeah, no, when it comes to um wealth and home ownership, um, you know, that's one of the biggest ways a lot of people gain their wealth. Yes. Because you have it's a savings account. You have to pay your mortgage or they're gonna take your house. So if you are paying your mortgage, you're paying down the note. And even though majority of the first 20 years is interest, but there's ways that you can go about to where you say, hey, this is directed towards the principal so that you can pay it off faster. Mm -hmm. But you're paying that down. So essentially your home is a, a bank for you. You're putting money into it every single month. Now the home goes up in value. Now it's time for you to sell and you have X amount of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars. This is the way a lot of people have gained their wealth in America. Now, uh, also, people that have already become wealthy or who, you know, already are wealthy, they maintain their wealth by using real estate. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Oprah, um, you know, she made money off of broadcasting and she became big off of that. But a lot of her money is in real estate. If we look at Tyler Perry, if we look at Rick Ross, these people have purchased large amounts of real estate and used them as businesses so that they could, 
the lead can maintain their wealth and also further grow their wealth because it is something that isn't going to depreciate. It may have a small down, but it's always going up. Go back and look at how much homes cost 30 years ago. There's no home that costs that much hmm. right now. So it's just that's what happens. That may, that makes sense. And again, our mentality about these things just need to change because I was reading the medium incomes of black families and white families. And a lot of that, that, that separation that we see is strictly in the home buying process. I, I was reading and basically what it was saying, Justin is the family of whatever white family we're talking about, their parents and parents, parents bought homes. So mm -hmm. either they're living in a home that was bought by their parents or they lived in a home that was purchased their whole life. So the natural progression for them is to buy a house when it's time for me to live somewhere. A lot of us come from environments where it's an apartment or you're renting and renting and renting in the family or whoever you live with, excuse me, don't even mention home ownership. They don't even try it. So yeah. we're looking at some of this shit like a foreign entity when it's available for all of us. A lot of I, I, I've seen because I do a, a notary service. That's like my primary source of business. And I go to all parts of Sacramento, California, where I'm from, Roseville, Rockland, a lot of um suburban Caucasian environments. And the people who live in these homes, you would think they making a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars a year. No. So, some very nice people. I sit down and talk with them and they working at a call center. Justin, they they just <laughs> working a regular job. But I'm like, damn, you in Rosa? No, no. This is this is the Negro mind. And our communities, we have to keep this real. Our communities have been sectioned off. You see? So to me, one of the biggest attributes to racism is the lie that we're all together. We really don't live together. Like, like in large numbers, we really not living together like that. You know what I mean? Most white people will say, yeah, I'll be in a grocery store with your black ass. Yeah, we can go to the grocery store together. We can go to the movies, but I ain't living next door to you. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, but that's an opportunity for us because, for instance, Oak Park, you know, that's historically certain pieces of Oak Park where a lot of African-Americans live. Yeah. So if we would have, quote unquote, gentrified it, you know, we will be taking advantage of the value of the homes. Some of these areas like in Harlem and Brooklyn and stuff like that, the the space where that neighborhood is, is near, you know, one of the main streets, one of the downtowns or a community a center um, a arena or things of that nature. So, you know, it's an opportunity for us. Um, we have to make sure that we operate a certain way within the neighborhood because crime is one of the factors that will devalue a neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So if we're operating in a certain way and we're the ones that are creating this situation to where the value of the homes are less, you know, that's something that we got to correct. But also it's an opportunity. One of the areas in Sacramento that probably has the biggest opportunity is Del Paso Heights. Mm -hmm. It is the homes. They cost the least amount right now, and it's not a desirable place for most people. So if you were to able to get some real estate and hold on to it, it's going to go up because investors are going to make it go up. Mm. People have to live somewhere, you know, so it's just going to go up. And you just have to position yourself so that you can buy and hold or buy it and then sell it and go somewhere else. But, you know, most people, when you buy real estate, the goal should be to try to like Monopoly, you need to buy as many properties as you can and hold on to them and pass them down. Or if you are selling it, it needs to be to something that's grander so that you're, you can continue to grow your net worth because assets are a part of your net worth. And if you can continue to grow that with real estate, which is one of the biggest purchases that people make of their life, especially living here in California. You know, people say, man, I'm about to go to Texas. Or I'm about to go to Atlanta because my money can't stretch that far here. And that's true. But if you do have an asset here, if you do buy a home, you are sitting on half a million dollars. You are sitting on a million dollars. Mm -hmm. You don't have it all right now, but eventually it will become that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, that's, and that's the opportunity. Yeah. And damn, that's an interesting conversation, bro, because a part of me knows that, you know, 
like our mentality needs to change when we're in a particular neighborhood. If you parking on the grass, if you treating it a certain way, we need to shift the mentality. But then we also know, Justin, when we look at some of these urban communities, the tax dollars aren't there. Right. So the the city may not be fixing the street in the potholes the way they need to. They may not be, you know, um, upgrading the parks and the different things around the way they need to. So how do you feel about that? Like what we so how do we adjust our mentality when we know some of our communities like like you mentioned Del Paso Heights? It's not a desirable place. How can we make it a desirable place? Well, that so what we're talking about is government funding hmm. and deciding on where to spend those dollars each city each section of sacramento is set up in different districts if you're within that district you can go talk to them at the council meetings and this is when we're talking about voting we can you can control your area of sacramento if you band together hmm. with the right people and operate and move in a certain capacity because if we're able to band together and say hey look all these people will they will vote for you but this is what they want mm. but we have to band together so that we can be an asset to them so that they can be an asset to us at the end of the day if they're going to get over on this you know that's what they're going to do but we can't move with thinking like all right we're hopeless what do we do you know Man. that's deep i Maybe a year or two years ago, I interviewed the mayor of Centris Heights. I don't even know <laughs> Centris Heights <laughs> had a mayor, but black lady, right? And I was hell on the whole political process for a large part of my life, bro. But she enlightened me and she was like, hey, look, locally, I'm black. I'm in these rooms fighting for y'all. But when we have these meetings, when I say, hey, nine white men who are elected officials, this is what my section needs. If y'all don't come out and tell them to, it could be null and void. When we have these meetings, y'all got to come and say, yes, yeah, she right. There's a pothole on 13th because a lot of times, damn, white folks and other people, they call in the police. They call in a city official. Anything they see wrong in their community, they're using their voice to express how, nah, I'm not going to let this happen. Somebody come and we need to get in that mentality. Like, no, this is our country too. This is your spot too. If you don't like the potholes, if you don't like the school being underfunded, go to the meeting, see what they're talking about. Involve yourself. You know what I mean? No, for sure. We got to, we got to take a page out of Karen's notebook and, you know, (laughs) (laughs) use, use the voice and the, the nonstop, um, you know, it's it, the what? What is it called? The um, tenacity. <laughs> yeah, so we have to. We have to do it. If if the way you get a, a problem solved is by voting, then we're gonna have to control that vote. Yep. And you know, we it's just something that we have to do. Um, if we're if we're doing everything else, if we're the ones that are saying, "All right, look, we're gonna keep everything cool around this neighborhood." Now we we need a little bit of extra funding to get this situation addressed. We're going to vote for this person because this person said they're going to help us with this particular situation and this is the right person for the vote or this particular um whatever laws or different things are going on within the politics of our areas that will benefit us we have to be involved in order to see the changes that we want so for yep. sure yep and then sometimes you're right and i'm aware of this politicians be full of shit. they'll lie they'll pander they'll they'll do a lot but and I'm learning this day by day. If you take a stance where I'm not going to be involved at all, that may be detrimental. You may need yeah. to figure out how can I be, how can I, like I'm using my platform. That's why I'm like any politician that want to come on that's black, come enlighten us. Come tell us what we're doing wrong as black folks because I'm never going to speak in absolutes. All black politicians ain't full of shit. All of nothing ain't something. You see what I'm saying? Right. So there, there are outliers in those of them who say, nah, I got into this to make changes. I, I just see the roadblocks and how difficult it may be. But I'm going to need the assistance from the people, too. You know what I mean? No, for sure. I, I agree with that. Um, I'm not heavy on the politics, but if this is how our country is ran, then we got to find a way to position ourselves so that yeah. it can benefit us. 
every other group is doing it. So if we got to collectively put some dollars together or do whatever it is that we need to, um, we, we have to have the right mindset, get with the right people that are ready to move in the direction that we need them to mm-hmm. and collectively come together so that we can benefit from our efforts. Mm-hmm. And this is something that because, yeah, uh, the political forum in that structure is one vehicle that America uses to make change. Yeah. But as black folks, we can do a lot of stuff ourselves, too, just by changing our mentality. I tell this story. I'm near my house is like an Arabian liquor store, like mm-hmm. Arabs running cool people. A couple, a couple stores down is like an Arabian girl, um, 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 uh, uh, restaurant, right? And they work so close together that I can be at the counter buying something from one of the from one of the Arabs. Nice, nice dude. Excuse me, the Arab from the mess, the the Arab from the restaurant walk up. He damn near leave me a little bit to holler at him. He give him change for a hundred. He do some old shit I ain't never seen before. I said, oh, that's that's group economics right there. For sure. That's looking out for your own. See, so first things first, black folks, we talking about real estate with my brother Justin Edwards, what to do after buying a home and fixing our neighborhoods. But damn, how do you feel about black folks first? You can be <laughs> being black in America. How you feel about your brother? If he step on his shoe, you gonna kill him, huh? Like how how are you viewing the black man right next to you? Is that your competition, or is that a potential person you can uh, collaborate with and do something positive? You know what I mean? No, for sure, that definitely matters because um, yeah, these certain neighborhoods they I see you know certain groups of people are in them. Within real estate, we're trained and taught and tested on not discriminating. But at the end of the day, you're dealing with people and, you know, I'll have clients that will ask, well, is this a predominantly Asian neighborhood or Hispanic neighborhood? Like they want to know because they want to be amongst their people. Yep. You know, So there's different demographics that will show who's here mm-hmm. or who's over there. And, you know, we have to do better working together so that we can, yeah. you know, find the space that's our little our little Africa or our, our little yeah, yeah. Uh, little black wall street or whatever it is that we want to be around and create, mm-hmm. but definitely uh, working together and changing our mindset is going to be the first thing that we have to and, do. And we have to start. That's why I'm never going to stop doing what I'm doing because everything needs to be a unifier because sometimes we complain. I'm not into complaining. I want to keep things in a historical context, but I don't want to complain. And when I see people, you know, who don't like injustice, Justin, like they don't like what the police doing. I see him on social media saying, hey, stop this shit. Stop killing us. Racism is the motherfucker, all that. But you ain't going to buy a shirt from nobody black. You're going <laughs> to see that black store and be like, oh, these niggas. You got to stop that mentality. Now, black ownership, we need to start. And I'm <laughs> and I'm learning this, too. We got to respect each other. Like what my price is, what my what is what my price is. But also, I'm a, I'm gonna give you a a a, a, a quality product. Right. The only difference between me and somebody else is the fact that I'm black and they something different. But my product has to be quality. My presentation has to be professional, right? Like we should give that to each other. But at the end of the day, if we not unifying, we not doing nothing. You can to me on some real shit, Justin. You can vote all you want if you don't really like niggas. If you don't really fuck with your community like that, you can vote as much as you want to vote, but you need to go where the black people are who give a shit and figure out what y'all can do together. Just like you were saying. And I know a lot of black people, bro, in this city and many cities who they get together and they move mountains. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, for sure. One of the uh, greatest examples is um, the African market um, off Florida in 24. Come on, Come on um, now. We, we started that from uh, just having a meetings um called Sankofa. We we're having meetings about, you know, what was going on currently, what was our history, and then also what are we gonna do to change. And you know, that's kind of where I started one of my entrepreneurial journeys. Um and it kind of planted the seed for me to become an entrepreneur. And and from there a lot of people grew and their businesses grew and the mindsets grew and it's a opportunity for people to promote their businesses and, you know, we can work with other uh, people of our 
culture. Um, one of the show, one of the stores in Arden Mall, the pop up shop, came from a yep. sister that was run that was part of the African market. So it can definitely be done, and then we can take it mainstream. Mm-hmm. For instance, if you go from a room, a meeting, having a, in a room talking about our issues, to creating a platform, which uh, Brother Rod James West was a big part of doing that. Um, brother out of Oakland, he's a contractor. And we start to work with one another and consist, be consistent and continue to build and up our level of service and continue to create. And we go from that to a small community building meetings and stores to being in Arden Mall, which is one of the biggest, you know, malls in our area. Then that's that's success because mm-hmm. now she even took that to um, San Francisco. So, you know, and for instance, for me, like now I'm in a. I'm in a profession to where, you know, I'm, I'm working with million dollar transactions. Um, and so we can do it. It's just a matter of us planting the seed and, and tending to the seed and watering it and nurturing it and having going through trial and error, but continue to elevate. And that's what we have to do. Everybody has to play their part. I'm so happy you brought that up because for me, when I first began going to the African marketplace, even now I was ecstatic, bro. I talked about it on my show every chance I could. It was it was the biggest model of possibility that I seen in my city. But we have to again, our mentality has to change. I ain't gonna lie. I didn't told niggas I'm going to the African marketplace, and they was like, "For what?" I said, <laughs> "Huh? You gonna buy some bamboo?" I said, "Oh, you mother man, come on now, man." That's the spot you want to. And for me, sometimes, Justin, just being in places like this for me, I just love the culture, bro. Black folks got it fucked up thinking when we get together, we shoot in there's in 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 violence is going to ensue. Nah, it depends on the energy. See, that's the caveat. When you get black, a large number of black folks together. Why are you there? If you dare to dance and drink, who knows what can happen? Right. <laughs> if you dare to shop, if you know this is the African marketplace and it's going to be Afrocentric items and knowledge, it's amazing. Everybody there be on that. Right. You see what I'm saying? So we right. need to continue to create spaces where we can thrive and it ain't got nothing to do with shaking our ass or rapping or nothing nefarious. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because that energy there, it'd be like, be like damn. You know no, what I mean? And this is in the middle of the hood. This is in the yeah. middle of the hood. Ain't never been no shootout there. Ain't never been hella fights. Ain't never been none of that because the people there have a particular mentality. You know what I mean? No, for sure. And that's it. That's that's what we need. And that's what we're, that's what's going to take for us to get to the next steps or the next level or to create what it is that we want to create and solve mm-hmm. problems. Definitely, definitely. So my brother, Justin Edwards, man, and like I said, we're going to, next time he come back, we're going to discuss another specific topic related to real estate, but black folks, enough of us do not own homes. Let's figure out why you don't. Maybe you don't want to, and that's cool. But if you have children, if you have grandchildren, it would behoove you to figure out a way to see how this structure can benefit you. Because again, in our country, this is the biggest indicator of wealth here in America. So I'm gonna continue to bring my brother Justin on just to impart wisdom. Because I tell people about the show and people have reached out to me and said, hey, the dude w- that was speaking real estate, that was game right there. Now I'm gonna try it out. Now I'm a, you know what I mean? So we just need to spark the seed of the minds of our people. Brother Justin, do me a favor, man, and tell everybody how to get in contact with you. So you can um, contact me directly via phone, text. Uh, my phone number is 916-710-3135. That's 916-710-3135. And you can email me as well. My email is justin at justwin916.com. So that's justin at justwin916.com. Um, I am going to be hosting a home buyers workshop February 22nd on Wednesday from six to seven. Um, so you guys can follow me on Instagram at just win nine one six and just win realty on Facebook, Justin Edwards on Facebook as well. Um, so yeah, I'll be at the African market of every, 
it the African market is every first and third Saturday. I'm going to be there the first Saturday of February, which is this weekend, um, and I'm going to be promoting the um, my business as well as home ownership and um, the event that I'm having there, the workshop. We're also going to be helping you um, with credit repair, um, how to get a home loan, asking que- answer, answering your questions there, and then also insurance, whether that's car, home, or life insurance. So we're going to have four different professionals there to assist with all of that. So there's no excuse. You have access to all of us um, on the flyer. There's all of our information. The Eventbrite is up now. So um, I'll be sure to get you the link. So if people want to join that, they can. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, we have to change our mindsets. We have to want to be homeowners. And within two years, anybody can do it. Yep. And so and what I've learned about most of the things I've been even semi successful at or semi like happy with the progress of everybody you got to take that first step like i've known so many people justin who just thought they couldn't buy a house just thought that's not even something i can do when you ain't even talked to a real estate agent and justin what you said last time i remembered a lot just call me let me see where you maybe today you came yeah right maybe today you came but call me i can walk you through and like you said within two years maybe you can have a house I just helped the lady that I got in contact with in December. We got her pre-approved. She needed to wait to have a certain amount of money. And I'm only talking like $5,000. And right now I just got a counter offer for her offer. That's going to, we're going to be in contract for her to be a homeowner by the 1st of March. So it can happen within two months. It's not a, it's not anything that has to be drawn that, you know, exaggerated time period. Yep. If your profile's ready to go, me and my team can get you right. And I'm talking about getting credits. I'm talking about Cal half of paying your down payment. So it can happen. All the excuses that you have, my credit isn't right. I have a credit repair person for you. Hmm. Um, I don't have enough money for the down payment. I have a program for that. Hmm. Um, whatever it is, I, I want this kind of home. We'll look at these different homes. We'll let you know what you can qualify for. And like I said, you may have to sacrifice. If your first home isn't going to be a dream home, but it will put you in a position so that you can use that equity to get closer to your dream home. There we go. There we go. So this is your brother Harrison, man. This is the Melanated Convo Podcast. Please continue to follow, like, share, subscribe to the Melanated Convo YouTube page, all the digital subscribers and everyone who listens on the digital spaces i appreciate you guys this is your brother harrison my brother justin edwards from just win realty we out thank you